Virtual meetings are here to stay. And while it may not matter whether you're using Zoom, Google Hangouts, Microsoft Teams, or any of the other video conferencing services to conduct business, how you appear on the small screen does matter. For one simple reason, better at virtual engagements lead to more memorable interactions. Stay tuned, listeners, because in this episode, we're giving you seven essential tips so you can make an outstanding impression on screen. You're listening to the Sticky Brand Lab Podcast, where time-strapped professionals like you learn how to create a business you love in as little as three hours a week. Virtual meetings, including conferences, webinars, meeting with prospects and clients, as well as networking events, are pretty much a part of our working life. And by now, Nola, you may have noticed that people don't always look their best if and when they show up on camera. Likewise, it's not always easy to tell who's engaged in paying attention and who's multitasking. This is true. In fact, I think most of us have been guilty of not even turning on our camera, or if we do have the camera on, we're actually doing other things on the other monitor, surfing the net, looking at something on our phone. I've actually been guilty of those things. (laughs) I have too. But here's the thing. Being able to stand out during a virtual meeting for all the right reasons can not only help you make a strong first impression, it can lead to better engagement and more memorable interactions, which, by the way, have been shown to increase client and customer acquisition. Yes. And it's those reasons that we want to help listeners effectively master the small screen. You know, before COVID, I think it's fair to say that most people spent very little time on Zoom or any kind of virtual meeting. And now here we are a couple of years later and our experience and our expectations have totally changed. With the novelty and newness worn off, the next question is, How can I get noticed? How can I build engagement? And how can I let my personality shine through on that teeny tiny small screen? So Lori and I want to help you do just that through a series of podcast episodes focused on helping you stand out and make a positive impact on screen. Yeah, it all started with our personal branding episode. And that led us to do an episode with stylist Salita Roberts. She gave us tips and recommendations for creating a professional fashion style when you're on Zoom meetings. And you can hear that episode. That's number 68. But that got us to thinking that there were a lot of other challenges people face when on video conferencing platforms. So today we're focusing on body language, why it's important to think about and tips to help you build trust, connection, interest, and engagement, whether you're talking to an audience or you're the one listening. But in future episodes, we've got topics ranging from nonverbal communication to technology hack, staging, lighting, and more, all in an effort to help you as a business owner stand out and get noticed for all the right reasons on camera. And that brings us to our first topic, which is why body language is so important. Our brain naturally perceives and reads body language in person events. So when we're talking to somebody, we're picking up their vibe, we're picking up the micro messages that they're giving off through their body language. And studies have shown 
that really there's even a difference in how we ourselves project our body language and what may be happening on the inside. So sometimes people can misread some of our signals when in fact we're totally engaged. So a good example is one of my own, which is when I'm thinking and I get very quiet, I can have what's commonly called resting bitch face. (laughs) But really, I'm just thinking. No, I think I actually trump you on the resting bitch face (laughs) because (laughs) it runs in my family. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have been accused of that many times. And like you just said, that is something where people think you're like angry or sad or mean. But yes, resting bitch face certainly can deliver the wrong impression. And there are a lot of reasons why you can deliver the wrong impression, even in person. And one of those could be cultural differences. We know there are a lot of different cultures where it's considered rude to look someone in the eye, yet we're constantly saying it's good to look people in the eye. And so that could be giving or receiving the wrong message based on cultural differences like that. Or talk about hand gestures, the okay signal, we're putting our thumb and finger together, three fingers up. America, that's okay. India, that's you're an asshole. And so you can totally be giving the wrong impression. I have some stories to share about that in my trip to India. (laughs) (laughs) Which is another episode. (laughs) But when you take the fact that you can misread signals, at least you're picking up those signals in an in-person situation. Now take that and put that on an image that's about the size of a passport picture. Yes, in the size of a passport picture and your body language in virtual meetings is super important for a variety of reasons. You're bringing that whole dynamic of body language that you naturally have in person and you're intentionally bringing it to the virtual setting because facial expressions, hand gestures and posture, they all help you communicate and collaborate effectively with the other people on your screen. They can also demonstrate attentiveness to the people who are listening to you, and they can help you build trust with those listeners. You can use your body language in virtual meetings to even make others feel heard, make them feel important and understood, and we'll be getting into those things. So here are seven tips to help you stand out in virtual meetings. And the first three are things to do or consider before you even get on Zoom. Tip number one, dress for your personal brand. It might feel a bit strange or unnecessary to dress professionally when you're working from home. However, if you really want to represent your brand and be seen as a subject matter expert, You have to appear that way to others. So dress for your video conference in the way you would if you were in an in-person meeting. At least do it from the waist up. Yes. And while I, for one, love to wear my fluffy slippers when I'm working remotely and on video cameras, I will say that when I've got a real important meeting or important presentation and I want to feel confident and professional, I'll actually put on my business shoes. Nobody can see them, but for some reason, it just gives me that extra edge and air of professionalism and confidence. So there's that. 
You know, for me, it is about putting on jewelry. When Mm. I put on jewelry to match the outfit that I have on, it really takes it up a notch for me. And that means I also feel professional and in control of what's happening here. So it's those little things. Everybody has the thing that'll work for them. Mm -hmm. Know that and use that when you're on camera for the professional meeting. But for more tips or to help you with your style, Listen to episode 68 with stylist and image consultant, Salita Roberts. You're going to get a lot of tips. So, okay, you're dressed for your personal brand and you're still getting ready for the Zoom meeting. The next tip, tip number two, turn your camera on. Don't sit in a meeting, a webinar, or a conference with your camera turned off. You're losing a major opportunity. Yep. You may have bad days, you may even have bad hair days, but showing your face improves your business prospects and boosts your personal brand. And when you have your video switched on, people will see you as a real person and not just a voice on a conference call, which is what happens when they're just looking at a blank screen with maybe your first name. Exactly. And tip number three, make sure that your camera is at the correct angle and position. A camera positioned too low makes our head drop down, gives the impression of a double chin, or worse, the viewer is looking up your nose. I cannot tell you how many times that happens. (laughs) And I really want to say to the other person, could you put your camera on a pedestal, which is a technique. I actually have a tabletop that is angled for my camera, but you can use books to do the same thing. The point is that you want to have the camera at an eye level, putting it too high while it thins out your neck. It puts your neck at an unusual angle Mm -hmm. and over a long period of time can really add strain to your neck and to your back. So having it at the right level is important. The other thing that you want to do is Again, mimicking in person. Because our laptops with our cameras sits on our desk, the inclination is to be as close as possible. But what that does is it gives a distorted view or we look larger than normal. Mm -hmm. And when you're in an in-person setting, you respect the boundary space. So consider the same thing here. Have some distance between yourself and your camera. And a good rule of thumb is just beyond arm length. Awesome. Well, okay. We've heard the first three tips. We've gotten ready for our Zoom meeting. We're all dressed for our personal brand. Our camera's on. It's sitting up and at a good height for an angle for eye contact. The next four tips are about being in that meeting. So let's go. And the meeting has started. Tip number four, look into the camera. Now, that actually may mean you're looking below the camera. And let me explain. By looking at the camera, we're talking about emulating eye contact. Now, still, most built-in cameras are located at the top of a laptop, but you'll still want to probably put your eyes a little bit lower than that, depending on the position of your computer and the position of your eyes. You want to test it with a friend. You would be surprised. You think that looking at that little dot light on your laptop is your camera. But really, it does not necessarily mean that you'll be getting eye contact. I did it on my own by using a combination of sticky note and screenshots. So I would put a sticky note where I thought the best place would be to focus my eyes. And while I was staring at that sticky note, 
I took a screenshot and then I look at the screenshot and I realize, wait, I'm not looking at camera. Why? I'm looking too far to the left. So I'd move my sticky note to the left. And while I'm staring at it, take another screenshot. I kept making adjustments like that until I finally found the perfect place on my monitor where when I took a screenshot, it looked like I was looking at myself, like I was looking into a camera. And it was the weirdest place. I want to say it was like a third of the way down from the top and like halfway to the right. And anyway, I had a video to make, a very short video. So I just basically stared at that green sticky note, little button. Actually, I turned it into a tiny circle. and I put it on my screen and took the video from there. And you'll want to do some experiment like that or with a friend just to find out where is it you need to point and focus your eyes in order to make that virtual eye contact from the perception of the person who's watching you. Yeah, you and I tested that out for myself. And it turned out that the actual place that would give the impression of me making eye contact is about a half an inch to almost an inch below the light of my camera. Mm -hmm. And once I knew that, I can't tell you the difference it's made in meetings going forward. But the other thing that's helped with is when you're staring at that light, it almost becomes mesmerizing. And that's where some of that Zoom fatigue that Mm. we've heard about happens because you're just kind of zoning out and staring. But when you know that you're making eye contact, it really gives you a whole different perspective. Speaking of which, it's tempting to want to look at yourself depending on how your gallery is set up. Mm-hmm. Or if you're sharing screen, whether you're leading the meeting or you're the participant, looking at yourself can give the impression of looking off camera. And if you have a monitor, it does the same thing. If you're reading your notes on your monitor, you're taking notes on your monitor, your head turns to whatever direction that monitor is be mindful of how often you're doing that and the impression you're giving to someone else. If you were in person, it would be similar to somebody taking out their phone and looking at it. Yeah. It feels disrespectful. Yes. And with that being said, you will want to get a look at other people's faces. You want to get that feedback and by all means do so. Glance at those faces. However, be sure to then return your gaze to that focus point. Be sure to alternate that because when you're focusing on making that eye contact, the attendees will feel like you're really talking to them. And that's powerful. When people think that you like them, they like you more. And that's why this is such an important topic here. So tip number five is about good body posture. And good body posture makes you appear more energetic, self-confident, and it reduces stress on your body. So the first thing when you're on Zoom is decide if you're going to be sitting up in a chair or you're going to be standing. I actually have a special cushion to make sure that my weight is distributed appropriately Uh while I'm sitting so I can really tell a difference with my body upright versus when I'm slouching over. When you're listening to people in person, we naturally lean in. It gives the impression to the other person. It signals you're saying something that's important. But there's a disadvantage to having it on Zoom. So we really have to be mindful here as well. Because our computers tend to sit on our table or our desk and we're naturally leaning into write or type on our computer, we're actually distorting the view of ourselves. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned earlier, when you have that just beyond arm length mm-hmm. distance from your camera, 
Then when you lean in, it's a natural position for your body. Third thing to think about in good body posture is sitting up straight. Not only does it take pressure off of your back, but it allows the airway, your diaphragm to expand. So it gives your voice more projection, more power. It sounds more confident and you sound more professional. You know, before I go on to tip six, just all of this talk, it's funny, probably was on my mind because I knew we were going to be talking about this. But last night I watched a video interview and I will tell you it had everything that you should not do. It was a video of what not to do. Let me tell you this. <laughs> was that actually what the video was? No, it was actually a very fascinating story this guy was telling. But first I noticed he was talking on a phone. This is a YouTube video, but he, and he had it really super close. I was kind of looking up at this bearded man's nose. And then I noticed he was kind of leaning forward a lot, like he was on his elbows, like, man, this guy is really super comfortable. And then he turned and I realized this guy was laying on his belly in his bed and had his phone probably up on his pillow. And every now and then he would like wipe his nose or oh, put God. his hands up. He kept putting his hands up over his eyes and like rubbing the crumbs out of his eyes. And you could see it because he was so close. And I'm like, is this guy serious? Does he know that there are like hundreds of thousands of subscribers on this channel? <laughs> this guy's got to be mortified. So you can either stand out for all the wrong reasons, which is what <laughs> led us to do this because we want to help people stand out for for all the right reasons. Yes, we are confident that our listeners will not be doing that in bed. Anyway, we've talked up to this point about how you can present yourself, your equipment and your own demeanor to be able to connect with your audience and to make sure that they are aware that you're listening and that you're attentive. And there's more to that. And that's tip number six about being very intentional about your nonverbal communication. And we know it's easy to zone out on screen. And even if you are listening attentively, the fact that you're not moving can give the appearance of not being engaged. And the thing is, when you're in person, and you're talking with a friend, you know, they're standing a couple feet away from you, you might raise your eyebrow a little bit, slant your head just a little bit. You might make this imperceptible nod. And they're just micro gestures that give the subtle, almost subconscious feedback to the person you're talking to that, yeah, you're digging this conversation, right? Well, when you're on screen, your face has now shrunk to like three inches or four inches or whatever. And these little natural micro gestures are no longer being perceived. Instead, somebody sees you just stoically staring at their screen and it's hard to gauge somebody's feedback. It's hard to get feedback as a speaker and you want to know that, okay, they're getting what I'm saying, right? So as a listener, as an engaged, active participant that is listening, be mindful of using your facial expressions to demonstrate your interest or your curiosity or just your general engagement. And I take a cue from my old junior high school acting class and voice classes where they taught you to just exaggerate everything. And it's kind of like that. You want to exaggerate your expressions. 
exaggerate your eyebrows, your nodding and smile and nod and do it a lot. And at first it may seem like you're being a clown. If you were to see yourself on camera, you'd realize, no, it actually looks natural. So you have to show some largesse, some be a little bit grandiose in order to appear like you're naturally engaged. Yeah, I think a good tip to keep in mind is in the same way that you have to sit up straight in order to expand your diaphragm and just to take pressure off your back, in you have to remind yourself, I need to smile, I need to nod, I need to exaggerate raising my eyebrows. Those signals that let the other person know you're paying attention go far in building a relationship with the other person. And another technique, which is tip number seven, is to actually say and acknowledge the name of the person that you're talking to. So if you were to ask a question or piggyback off of somebody else's comment, acknowledge the person that you're talking to. Not only does it raise a level of awareness on their part that you're paying attention to them and showing interest, but it lets other people, it kind of in the moment draws attention from other listeners to the person that you've mentioned. And from the perceiver's standpoint, it makes them feel special. And who doesn't want to feel special or heard or understood? So we appreciate it when somebody acknowledges our name. And this is true. People remember you by how you make them feel. And this is an important component of it. And the other way you can do that is by asking questions. And when you ask questions, you're really letting the speaker know that you are paying attention and that what they're talking about matters. And in wanting to know what their opinion is or what their expert advice is, you're actually making them feel important. And by asking a pointed question, wouldn't you know, it actually happens to raise your own credibility because you're thinking about what they're talking about and you're asking educated questions. Yeah, a good way to kind of think about that is from that same rule of thumb. If you're in a job interview, you should come prepared to ask some questions about the company or the person that is interviewing you. It's the same thing here. You want to think about the question that you could ask. And although we've referred to the speaker, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the person who is leading the meeting or leading the webinar. It could be the speaker who is a participant that asked a question and you just want to do a follow-up. You're really striving for engagement in a way that mirrors the in-person experience and bringing that to a small screen. And because it's something that's not done routinely, it really gives you, the listener, an opportunity to positively become known and building your own credibility, your like factor, trust factor as well. That's a good point. So one of the reasons that we think we have some value to offer with regard to these tips and this podcast and the ones that are coming is we have spent hundreds of hours on Zoom meetings, in Zoom conference calls, in Zoom webinars. We have seen it all, even people broadcasting from their bed. And we've all been figuring it out. And we have really dissected what we have seen has worked and what hasn't worked and why. And so we're really just pointing these out so that 
you can just get a head start and save you that figuring out and you can just go right into practicing them. And we're hoping that with these tips, you'll just be that much more successful when you are conducting your business on screen. We hope you stand out for all the right reasons. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope it makes all the difference in you getting started on your business so you can create your best and most exciting life. If you found the information shared here today helpful, let us know by posting here where you're listening or on our Facebook page. Not sure how to turn your idea into a profitable side business? Contact us at stickybrandlab.com forward slash contact. We'd be happy to help you. Be sure to come back next Tuesday and every Tuesday for another informative, inspiring, and motivating episode. And remember, actions create results. So tap into your desire to create a business and brand you love by taking 1% action every day. Small steps, big effects. It's just the way you have your face. It's just the way you... (laughs) (laughs) It's just the way you have your face. (laughs) (laughs) So much for ad-libbing.